Hello and welcome back to QC Uncut. I am Sean Leary, and QC Uncut, of course, is your only source in the Quad Cities for uncut, uncensored, unedited conversation with local newsmakers. My guest today is a frequent guest on the show, and actually... You were the first guest on the show, Mike. Do you realize that? I, I was doing a list and you're the first you were the first ever guest on the on QC Uncut. I wasn't aware of that. I, I wasn't either, honestly, until I went back because we're we're nearing one hundred episodes. Anyway, my my guest is Mike Tomes, who is the mayor of Rock Island. When I first talked to him on the first podcast, he was running for mayor of Rock Island. Uh, I guess we'll start with that, Mike. Um, having been in the mayoral seat for a while, how has your experience um, compared and contrasted with your expectations for the job going into it when you were running? You know, I'm enjoying it uh, immensely. I'm really having a, I'm having a good time. Uh, I think we're making some headway or made some headway uh, in a lot of different uh, projects, different ways, a long ways to go yet. But, you know, my expectations were maybe uh, a little grand uh, as far as how quick things could happen. A little, uh, so, you know, I was hoping that we could uh, turn the economic side around a little quicker. And uh, that uh, that hasn't happened, unfortunately. Just uh, the wheels turn a little slower, not just with the city, but with uh, businesses making decisions. And that was one of my uh, uh, things I ran on. And so that's... Uh, a little slower pace than I planned. So I'm a little disappointed in that, but hope to uh, continue to push that. Now, aside from COVID, obviously, having a negative impact on that, and that's certainly been substantial, not just here, but everywhere. What are some of the things prior to COVID that you found to be um, uh, difficult to uh, circumvent in regard to, to bringing more business into Rock Island? You know, unfortunately, some of it is state uh, regulations and laws. Unfortunately, I hate to pick on Illinois, but uh, we've had a number of businesses that said they didn't want to locate in Illinois. Um, we were looking for a, a truck stop type deal out in southwest Rock Island, Industrial Park, and they said, no, fuel tax is too high in the state of Illinois. And so they avoided uh, the area uh, as an example. Some others have said that uh, the uh, sales tax is too high mm -hmm. uh, in just in general. Others have said that minimum wage has been a problem. Uh, so those are kind of a, an example of uh, some of the barriers that we've had. Um, some have also uh, indicated that they just weren't sure where Illinois was going. Um, are they going to have the fair tax system, as the uh, governors put it, or are they going to stay with the world like they are now, uh, income tax? So they're just, uh, the un unknown has been a deterrent of where uh, people are making decisions. So those are a couple of barriers we've made. Uh, that we've come across uh, that uh, trying to overcome. Now we also had some successes, uh, so there's been some barriers, but we've we've definitely had to attracted a few new businesses and, and had some local ones grow quite a bit. Now one of the things that I've always thought would be a good idea. Um, and I've been meaning to talk to, I've been meaning to get Neil Anderson back on the show to talk with him about this and Mike Halpin as well. Um, is I've always thought that uh, Illinois should be designated in different districts in regard to regulations and taxes. Now, obviously, in Chicago, you've got a much higher uh, standard of living, and therefore they can um, assume a higher tax burden because they also need a lot of taxes in order to pay for a lot of the expenditures that they have. However, 
However, outside of the city, I think that there should be a more tiered plan where you have different tax rates and things of that nature, depending upon the population density uh, within the state. Is that something that you think would be feasible? And is that something that you think would help spur growth in cities like Rock Island? I would uh, I would encourage something like that. You know, it's not just the population, but it's also just the cost of living. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, if you relate if you related it back to that, um, once again, and not to say that people shouldn't be making a good wage, right, fifteen dollars, right. it could it, even that is sometimes tough to live on, but. Uh, it should be a sliding scale based on the cost of living in the area that you're at. Um, and that can make a big difference. There are a lot of differences throughout the state of Illinois. Uh, you know, you go down to southern Illinois, and, and, and it's even different than where we're at. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so I, I, I think that that would be a very helpful uh, tool to have in uh, adjusting to some of the regulations, and not just the wages, but just the other regulations that uh, maybe have. Uh, throughout the state to make it more attractive. Uh, when you're competing against, you know, near surrounding states like Iowa, where, where Quad Cities is here, uh, you've got to compete against those states and those geographic and, and the cities that are over there. And uh, we, to be competitive, we uh, we need to have some of the uh, same type of uh, wages and laws that in place. Now let's talk about, um, I, I'm going to bypass COVID for a moment because obviously that's the elephant in the room. But I want to I highlight something that I found was fantastic that I know you guys have gotten some, this is great news for everyone in Rock Island and the Quad Cities, is the downtown area, which has been designated a historic designation and has gotten um, the perks from having been designated that. Um, tell us a little bit about that. For those folks out there who maybe don't understand exactly what this could mean what this means what the impact could be why don't you let us know a little bit about that sure it's a it's a great tool to have when somebody came to a project and, and we wanted to develop a building that had some historic value to it but also get within which could get some historic uh, tax credits uh, make the project feasible because these projects are typically more expensive to uh, to develop and it would could take thousands of dollars tens of thousands of dollars in legal fees and time to get that process going through the state not only the state of illinois but it actually has to go to the federal government um and it can delay a project it can deter somebody from doing a project and so by having a majority of the downtown of rock island now in a historic uh, region, um, it makes that process a lot simpler because it's already pre-registered. Each building, each the whole area is pre-registered. So you just uh, have to go to the state and center saying, I uh, need this historic tax credit um, for this building that I'm going to do. And it's automatic, it's already approved. Um, it's uh, It simplifies things and helps uh, bring dollars to the community uh, to uh, to do these expensive projects, as we've seen, some old buildings get torn down just because it's too cost prohibitive to uh, to rehab these. And this is one great tool that we can help preserve a lot of our old buildings and bring them back to life. And so, by having this whole big district, uh, I mean it's hard to describe the exact part of downtown, but it's roughly from the Centennial Bridge uh, over to almost the Government Bridge, and it's from the river up to, um, I'm trying to give a, a little past, I guess, where the Argus building is. Gotcha. Uh, 
that area. Now it, it is, and it's not. It's not an exact square. There's some buildings and blocks that are included and not in there. But um, that's a, a good idea of what area is there. So if someone wanted to rehab the Argus building, as an example, it uh, it would be. It, it's a great incentive uh, for a developer to have that uh, historic tax credits, along with. Uh, um, uh, other incentives, other incentives that, the, that are available in the city, like a TIF district, enterprise zone, which helps uh, alleviate uh, sales tax. So there's a number of tools in our toolbox that uh, it now off we can now offer as an incentive. Now, is there a um, a website or a designated spot where potential developers or people who are interested in this can go and check out these properties and the tax incentives and perks that they could get for developing these buildings? You know, the only place right now for for us is is the city's website. We have it all out there. Okay. Um, so they can go to there. We have also. And, what, and what's that website, Mike? Uh, giving you a little opening here to give a, a plug there. <laughs> That's great, uh, but it's uh, it's uh, uh, igov. Oh, I should know that, shouldn't I? You gave me the, you gave me the opportunity. You are the mayor, I Mike. I can't see it. I can't. I can't seize that opportunity. Um, but it's uh, it's ri. It's ri. It's rigov.org. Yeah, there you go. Rigov.org. Um, and then, then there'll be a, um, icons there that you can look for economic development, and uh, it would have some of these things in there. Uh, of course, we always encourage people to call and talk to our economic development department, and we can walk them through those things. We are also working on a, uh, or got a, a, uh, a program out there called Forward, uh, RI Forward, um, that has all kinds of those type of things out there that you can apply for. It goes, it, it associates with the COVID, which I know we're going to talk about a little later, mm-hmm. but uh, some PPP that they're talking about, the CARES program, uh, but our CURLA program, and all of those will be out there that somebody can click on and see if they're eligible uh, for those programs. But uh, so, um, but it, so the, the best place to go is the city's website. RIGov.org. Now, tell us a little bit about, um, obviously, when you got this news, what are what's some of the strategic planning that you are thinking of um, going forward to try to lure people to, to develop downtown? Because obviously, you and I both know, I mean, I love the downtown area, but 10, but not even 10, like 15, 20 years ago, it was very different. I mean, 15, 20 years ago, it was, it was much more bustling than it is now. Um, how can we revive that and kind of get that back and even and even surpass where it was, you know, a couple decades ago or even back further than that? Well, we've got uh, several things. We're taking some of the, the TIF downtown, the tax increment financing program, uh, that uh, we are able to uh, garnish those t- the taxes that are paid downtown and use those for uh, economic incentives. We can use them for infrastructure in the city of Rock Island. We can use them for a lot of different things, uh, but we can only use it in downtown. And so we've got some of that money saved up. That's ex- that TIF is expiring at the end of this year, and we've got some of that money saved up to uh, start doing some new streetscaping and infrastructure work downtown. So we're going to take two or three blocks uh, downtown and just rehab them 
from A to Z. Whether it's new street lights, it's new sewer and water underneath their streets, new uh, uh, trees, planting trees, uh, fresh sidewalks, um, a lot of different things like that, benching and uh, uh, planters and those sort of things. We're going to take and, and, and rehab those several blocks uh, to look fresh and new. Mm-hmm. And that will be the sample that we will then continue year after year. We'll each year try to take a block or two to, to rehab. Um, but putting a new new face up, cleaning and, and refreshing the downtown area uh, is one of the biggest things we're doing. Uh, the other is we've got a few uh, sites that uh, we've been talking to the owners of uh, and trying to uh, get them to move forward at a quicker pace uh, in renovating or doing something with their buildings. Um, you know, there's the church right off Centennial Bridge. Right. Uh, that developer is looking at uh, doing something there. And so we've got uh, some plans in place that we're trying to incentivize him to move forward at a quicker pace uh, and getting that project uh, going, uh, as an example. Um, the, um, the federal government uh, is looking to build a, or not they, but they're, they're um, put out for bid a private developer to bid a new uh, federal courthouse downtown Rock Island. Um, that potentially could be a $20 million building mm-hmm. that would be in private hands that they would lease to the federal government, which then puts it in the uh, tax rolls. It would be paying property taxes, which it has not done in the past. That's fantastic. But that would be a new building downtown um, that uh, would uh, continue to to change the, the uh, landscape there. So those are two projects that are on the horizon and somewhat on the immediate future. Um that we're in and trying to work on some others. But uh, and it, like I said, those two buildings along with the, the new, uh, some new streets. Um, showing people that we're, we want to entice them to come down and, and locate there. We need, there's no doubt we need more businesses. Um, we would like to focus a little more towards some independent retail mm-hmm. down there, um, a higher end restaurant. Um, you know, kind of using in the history of La Figaro's, kind of replacing that type of a, of a restaurant. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, and of course, along trying to keep some of the, the bars and restaurants we have now. But we don't feel that we need to expand a lot more on bars. We have, I right. think, a sufficient number of those that we want to start looking at other uh, types of businesses. Sounds good. Now, do you um, have sort of a template, whether it be local or elsewhere? Because I know, like, you know, obviously the village of East Davenport has a certain, um, you know, style to it or whatever. Or you go to, like, say, one of the places I always thought, uh, one of my favorite places to go is Boulder, Colorado. And they have a fantastic strip of downtown where they just have all these cool shops and everything else. Um, And I always thought that Rock Island could be something like that. Is there any particular template that you look at or any other city of what they're doing and, and you say, this is something that I think Rock Island could become and it could be something great for the city? Yes, we don't have that template. I mean, we've got some, there's been over the years, and I don't know, couldn't tell you how many years, but a good number of years, the city has hired consultants to put together downtown plans. And so we've got those that we're pulling off the shelf and dusting off and, and seeing if they're still viable now uh we do not plan on hiring another consultant we've done that been there done that um but yes there's no doubt we'd like to see the hat or have that same type of a feel that you see in leclerc galena yeah. uh, boulder colorado uh you know i've been down in uh, kansas city yeah uh, yep. the, uh, the uh, what is it called the electric uh was electric uh, 
well, I can't think of what they've named it, but down in Kansas City, where it gives it a little more pedestrian-friendly yeah. appearance with the independent stores. Uh, you get the cafe lights overhead uh, type deal. Instead of the big, tall street lights, you're getting more pedestrian type of street lights. So that's, that is the look and the feel that we want. Um, and we want to encourage uh, you know, the entrepreneurs to come and locate there. One of the problems we have downtown and in the, empty, in the buildings we have that are empty, they're large buildings. Right. Um, and so it's hard to open up a, a small 2,000 square foot uh, retail store uh, because you really can't find that down here. If you can find five, 6,000 square foot. And it's kind of too big of a footprint, right? And so, uh, so that's something we're trying to work on overcoming with the uh, building owners. Is is there a good way to to subdivide some of these and uh, make like a little? I hate to say the mall, but uh, you've seen sometimes where you go inside and there's two or three shops. You go down to the hallway and you have two or three uh, retail shops within a building. Um, so that's what uh, it's going to take some time, but that's uh, one of the thoughts we're, we're hoping to, to implement. It sounds like uh, you're describing Bucktown. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Is, was there any? Obviously, Bucktown kind of got kicked out of their location in downtown Davenport. Um, would there be any uh, interest or you know openness to something like that in downtown Rock Island? Given the fact that you're talking about something that's very similar and it's pretty much the exact same thing as what they did with the Bucktown building. Absolutely, no, we we are very open to those type of things. Um, uh, so that's where we're looking for people to be creative that way. Um, and, and so that's where we're hoping to encourage these owners of these buildings uh, to start making some adjustments to their their buildings a lot of them have just sat there and instead of saying hey rent me you know rent it as it is yeah uh and, and so we're trying to find incentives for them to invest some money to make it more appealing uh for that small retail shop to open up uh, and i say it doesn't have to be retail it could be a, a service orientated uh business um but um uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see after COVID here how what kind of retail redevelops. Uh, you see a lot of these bigger retails filing bankruptcy, so we're, we're maybe people will go back to that independent type of uh, shopping. I hope so. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. Well, we do, too. We do, too. You know, another thing we're doing downtown is, uh, is, is we're going to look at uh, privatizing part of a, a couple blocks down there. Um, and giving an organization called DARI, Development Association of Rock Island, sure. uh, release it to them and, and, and let them, uh, um, they'll take some of that private money that they give through their members and developing some of the outsides of, of the buildings, the, the streetscaping and uh, put the cafe lights up, controlling uh, what type of businesses come in there. And they've, they're good at economic development also. So partnering with them, we've got a new partnership with DARI, um, that we were sharing some dollars, hiring some employees, sharing the employees, and uh, and working together at uh, putting the downtown get back on the map. Now let's let's talk a little bit about um, the two a.m. close time. Um, how did that come about? And um, did it have anything to do with? Obviously, there were some bad optics there. There was that. Uh, uh, kind of car chase in downtown Rock Island, and um, <clears throat> which Rock Island really didn't have anything to do with. It was just a guy who was identified as being a, a, a wanted felon, 
and then he happened to run his car into a police truck. Um, but, uh, you know, that came around the same time. Was there any, any consideration about that, or was it completely a COVID-related decision to close the bars at 2 a.m.? You know, it was not a complete. Uh, uh, it was not completely on that uh, incident. It was not completely on COVID. It was really a combination. Those two plus several others. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I talked about it and looked at it uh, when I first took office, and um, felt that maybe we should be backing off a little bit, an hour or so on that. Uh, and it just haven't it hasn't come together. So when COVID came along and that incident came along, uh, it kind of is this the opportunity to at least try it. Right and see what happens, uh, and so that those are the, that's what prompted it. Yes, that incident down there prompted it. Um, unfortunately, we have the situation where over in Iowa they had a bar that had a lot of problems. Yes. It finally closed up, and the people going to that bar were looking for another place to go. Yeah, shenanigans, Iro- ironically named. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so those people uh, were trying to find downtown Rock Island as a place to go, and we said no. We were you know wanted to. to everybody know that's not where we were going to allow that to happen um we want people down there to be still safe we want people to enjoy themselves and so that's where we put a lot of things in place uh the 2 a.m so we're talking about the 2 a.m issue uh but also closing the streets down down there in the evenings on the weekends to uh, to cut out the car traffic Mm-hmm. and allow people to social distance in dealing with the COVID issue. Mm-hmm. It also allowed us to then cart people uh, into that area, so we did not have underage people in there. Um, so, Yeah, that's that my – it's my uh... – so there, there, A number of things fell into that uh, conversation. Yeah, that's my understanding in talking to some of the club owners down there is um... – because I have always been under the assumption that it's a lot of Iowa people coming over from the fact that the bars closed early over there. And they said, well, that's part of it. But there's also a lot of underage people that hang out down there at that time of night and cause a lot of the problems. That's correct. And so, so that's why, I, you know, I, that's why hard to say 100 percent of it was involving the disturbances or the, you know, the wrong crowd being there. It was not that. It was a combination of issues that just all came together that's kind of like we need to make some changes we need to make make them now right um before this gets carried away and uh so that's where we came up with the gating we came up with some uh doing some uh the those bright construction lights uh late in the evening to to brighten that up and make people feel uh that you can't hide in a dark corner so to speak right um and so that we just want to make sure that people understand it is going to be a safe downtown to be at, a safe city, but a safe downtown to be down, to be there to, to party and enjoy yourselves. And uh, so that's where the thought with the 2 a.m., that's where the thought with the, the fencing, uh, the uh, carding of people, um, and that sort of thing is coming from. And uh, it's a fluid issue. It, it's we're, Today we'll try a few things for a few weeks, and if that doesn't work, we'll try a few things, other things. Well, that's what you got to do. Find the right formula that uh, that works. Yeah, and I think it, it is important because there there unfortunately still is that perception about Rock Island is that it's not safe, and I get that from other people who are in other um, are up, particularly on the Iowa side, folks in the Iowa side who will say that to me. Oh, you know, Rock Island, downtown Rock Island's not safe, and I'm like, you live in Davenport. There's more crime in Davenport than there is in Rock Island. So it, even in downtown Davenport, so um, it's all an optic. I mean, it's really you know perception and it's 
unfortunately a perception that Rock Allen needs to overcome um, into to you know get on the path of, of sustainable growth. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, I mean, the elephant in the room, obviously, is COVID. How has has COVID impacted the city? And also, um, I have yet to see any update in regard to Congress coming together to help folks out in regard to this uh, eviction moratorium. Are there any programs that the city has or that Dari has that can help people out in regard to um, uh, avoiding foreclosure or eviction? You know, uh, there are some, nothing large dollars, unfortunately. Um, you are correct. The current uh, the uh, relief program that uh, the federal government has put together is stalled. It's stalled at the Senate side. Mm-hmm. House passed a $3 trillion bill. Had to go to the Senate, and now it's, uh, it's being held up there and a lot of discussions. And there's some good things in there that we would love to see happen. But... Let's live in the, uh, the what currently is out there, whether it be the uh, SBA loans, whether it be this CARES program, whether it be the PPP. Uh, those have all been very helpful for most small businesses. Not large ones too, but and so where you can help pay, make payroll payments and pay rent and that sort of thing. Um, they did continue uh, or put a more, uh, more time on evictions, uh, I think through the end of August at this point. Uh, so that helps. But uh, once again, there is a, to help identify what programs are out there and available, and that if you qualify or not, we have developed a a program called Forward. And you can go to Dari's website, you can go to uh, uh, the City of Rock Island's website and log on to that link. And it, well, I'll tell you, it is so simple to take a look at all the different city, county, state, federal programs are out there every one of them's out there that you can click on you put your data in there you put your basic data in and you click on this deal and it gives you it says yep you're eligible for this right or potentially eligible if we have more information or no don't even research it you're not eligible at all um now this program that we have you have to be invited to go join it which is easy to do you call either you know ac mcintosh with dari or you call tara sipes with the city of Rock Island, and they can uh, get you the invitation and help sign up for those things and, and see if those are eligible. Um, there are, there is, we, the city has been given some federal money through HUD, um, and that we can give out if you meet the requirements um, to help make rent payments, uh, to help make uh, your gas and electric bills and that sort of thing. So there is some of that out there still available. We were given. And I'll round the number of about $650,000, give or take. And um, we've doled out almost 200000 of that so far to help uh, the businesses in Rock Island. Uh, and those have all been grant monies, not uh, loans or anything else you have to pay it back. It's all been grant. Um, Dari's uh, is given out to almost $40,000 uh, in grant money. Um, and there's still some more monies available. Uh, if you meet the requirements. And it's not the city's requirements. It's un- I'll say, unfortunately, the federal government's put those requirements mm-hmm. there. Right. Um, so uh, we don't have control over that part of it. Uh, they've loosened the requirements that they had before, but it's, there's still some income requirements that you have to meet. So hopefully I'm not uh, going down too many rabbit holes here. No, but, that's fine. Uh, but there is still some money available out there. You contact either Dari or the city of Rock Island, we could help assist with those um, and go through with a loan, a grant, 
uh, type deal. Uh, talking, helping, talking with your landlord if you got some issues. We're willing to help and assist. And and I should add the number. I'm looking it up here on my laptop. Here, the number is seven eight eight six three one one. Is That's the call correct. for information. Okay. That's correct, and that'll get you to the Dari office. That's Stacy McIntosh over there. Is the person to talk? Yep, Stacy McIntosh, and she can uh, help you walk through that, and uh, and uh, and she's an expert at it. Gotcha. And whether you're eligible or not, and she works for her. she's that shared employee. I'll, talk, I'll call it a shared employee with the city of Rock Island and Dari. Uh-huh. Um, it's a new employee. Then uh, there's actually be a total of three employees that will be economic development uh, orientated. Um, they'll be actually officially Dari employees uh, with some assistance from the city of Rock Island, and we'll work very closely with them. Um, so it's a new program that we put together to work on economic development. Very good. Um, and we do see, we do want to promote, and, and we do believe that eighty percent of the growth in Cedar Rock County is going to come from existing businesses that are here. We are out for trying to bring new in, but we do believe that the existing businesses can grow and uh, and help the city of Rock Island and themselves. And so we we want to build programs around that. How how has COVID uh, impacted the city in other ways? Uh, has there been a, uh, an impact upon city employees or expenditures in regard to uh, dealing with the ancillary um, effects of the of the virus? Well, I guess the biggest thing, if you want to talk dollars and cents, how it's affected the city is close to three million dollars lost in revenue. Right, and that revenue is based a lot of it's in sales tax. Uh, loss to be when things were shut down. Uh, uh, some of it was with the casino. Um, this casino revenue to the city is about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month. So every month it's closed down, we lose three hundred fifty thousand. Uh, it was closed down for over three months, and now it's open, but only partially opened. So it's still not at full uh, speed. So we're still losing money there. So we uh, we estimate that to be two and a half to three million dollars loss in revenue at this point. And so that is uh, very devastating to the city of Rock Island. So, you know, what do you do? How does the city make that up? Well, we we're, did a hiring freeze. So if there's any vacancies in the city of Rock Island, we're not replacing people um, is one of the biggest. The other is capital uh, infrastructure programs. If we were replacing some sewer or water, we maybe put that on hold. Buying some new trucks, we put that on hold. Uh, is another way we're at this point trying to cut back on expenses to compensate for that. Um, is two ways. Obviously, uh, we're trying to apply for state and federal funding to help cover some expenses. And their theme has been out there, a federal government program, to help recover expenses associated with COVID. And we've been getting that. Uh, But uh, our expenses have not been real high with COVID. It's been more of the revenue loss than it has been buying personal protection equipment or overtime or whatever it is. but uh, so that's how it's affected the city is that uh, we're it's making it difficult to deliver good quality core services that they're used to because we're short on employees. And we've got to take a look. It's going to take several years to recuperate this. Right. Um, it's not just something that one year you cut back in expenses and say, okay, we made that all up. Um, it's going to take years. And, and if you talk about per- kicking the proverbial can down the road, as we saw county courthouse or those type of things we don't want to do that so when you can when you put the capital programs on hold that's what you do is you that sewer water is going to break sooner or later 
and then we got an expense. It's an emergency situation. So the more we can do with maintenance, the better. And that's what the city of Rock Island is doing, or wants to do, but is, is struggling with right now due to COVID. Well, I, I don't think anyone's going to blame you for having to kick this can down the road, given the fact that this is completely out of your control. Uh, it's nothing that you've brought about through a decision of your own. It's something that's been thrown upon you. That's correct. That's correct. And, and it's not about who gets the blame, though. It's But the can still is getting kicked down. Correct. Yeah. So you can't yeah. blame me or the city council, but it's still getting kicked down and still a problem. Yeah. It's got to be addressed. If it's not this year, it's next year or the year after that. Sometime it's got to be addressed soon, or it will be a problem. Yeah. a bigger problem than it is now um and so that's where we're trying to take measures and steps to uh, to keep that from happening and that even means in some cases taking a look at privatizing some uh, operations in the city uh it, it was in the news not too long ago we you know, took a look at privatizing or still looking at privatizing the water and sewer uh, like iowa is mm-hmm. uh, not saying it's the right program not saying it's the wrong one don't know uh, continue to work down the road of investigating, uh, but we've got, those are the things, the stones we've got to turn over to see if there is some savings to be had to help Rock Island move forward and uh, and, fi- and and be financially strong. Because the last thing we want to do, and I, I'll repeat it, the last thing we want to do is raise property tax again. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Mike. The last thing. Um, <laughs> But uh, so we're we're trying to take every measure we can to avoid that. Uh, that's that that burden is is too heavy on the taxpayers, and uh, we need to, if anything, reverse that and start lowering it. But, I agree with um, that. So I, we got a little off the COVID deal, but uh, it, it's been a major impact. Uh, it's uh, we're we're down a good number of employees, and you know some might say, well, we're still surviving, so maybe do you really need to hire those employees again? Well, the answer is, in most cases, yes. Some of it's economic development side of it, that if we don't do economic development, that'll affect us long term. Right. Because we don't have new businesses coming to town to help pay more property taxes, to help pay more sales tax, to hire more people. And so today it looks great because you don't spend the money. But four years from now, you're paying that price. Um, And so that's what we got to be careful, that we don't cut off our nose to spite our face, so to speak. Now, one of the things you kind of threw in there into the mix was the courthouse. Uh, we'll touch upon this real quick because I recognize that it's the county courthouse. But um, one of the things you mentioned, and I thought about this when the Rock Island Historic Designation story um, came out, is uh, how, if in any way, is the courthouse impacted by that? And where do you stand or does the city stand uh, at this point in regard to the whole courthouse situation? You know, yes, that, that, that courthouse is in the historic district, so it would qualify for that. Uh, so that's a positive. Right. Um, well, I know that's no what Joe Lemon was looking at, was he wanted to, I, I know that he one of the things he was talking about in regard to developing it had to do with uh, historic designation of the building. Correct. And so that's done. That part is done. Statewide. It's a state historic. It's done. Um, and usually when you get state, you can get to federal. Right. Um, and so but that, so that shouldn't be a problem to uh, to, to get from that. Uh, the issue is with the, obviously, the county, the county board. Um, they are very strongly uh, uh, opposed to developing it. They want to keep that land. They do not want to keep the building. I'm not telling you anything new here. Um, and so even though it could be, even if someone can say it could be financially redeveloped, 
whether for, for lawyer's office or whatever it is, the county's long-term plan is to use that site for other things. So I'm not defending them by any means, one way or the other. Right. But their long-term goal and their focus is we want to build a campus of other county facilities, whether it be the health care, whether it be the uh, juvenile detention, whether it be courthouse, whatever it be, they feel there are some efficiencies in having everything on, a, on one campus. And so for that reason, they have shown no interest in letting that property, even the building and or the property, go into somebody else's hands. Um, they weigh that heavier than the historical side of part of it. And uh, so that's where the the, the, the rub is. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that changing in the foreseeable future. As we all know, the courts ruled against the county on parts of that decision-making. And now the county has to submit the application to the DNR, for the historical side of it, to get permission to tear it down. Um, and so they have to follow the same procedures that any other private business would have to do to tear a building down. Uh, so now who knows how they're going to rule on that. The courts did rule in favor of the county as far as allowing, allowing the bond money to be used to be uh, to tear it down. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a split decision, if you want to, just want to call it that, on the last court decision. Um, I am a I am a believer. I like to see old buildings rehabbed. I like to see them stand. I, it's a, it's a beautiful building, um, and so that aspect, me personally, not as much as mayor, me personally would like to see as many old buildings preserved as possible. Right. The Argus ticket. The Argus building is another one. Uh, what's now called the best building, or Vandergast was in there for a while. Cleveland building a long time ago mm-hmm. uh, is another one. Safety building is another one. Um, even the uh, current uh, county administration building. I think those buildings should be saved and, and rehabbed some, and for some type of use. Um, and so I believe in that. But uh, I also, you know, once again, just because I believe in it, uh, it's the county's decision and, and county's, you know, choice to what avenues to take. Right. Um, as if a private person owned a building, uh, that's partially their decision. I don't think that there should be uh, strong government regulations one way or the other. We should, if the government gets involved, there should be incentives on how to do it economically. Right. Um, I mean, because once again, I mean, some of this is, is really uh, simple knowledge, but it, it, it's a developer sort of saying, I've got an investment, i got to pay back. As much as I like old buildings, if I can't get a return on my investment, why do it? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to invest ten million dollars, I got to make sure I get my ten million dollars back oh, yeah. at some point. Yeah, and so it's not the I don't feel the government's role to say whether you should or should not tear it down. It's their role of saying, "Hey, we can help you give an incentive to get that return on your investment." Mm-hmm. And as long as we do that, then the decision is up to the developer. Right. Um, I don't know if I've answered that question or not, but uh, that's my feelings. I think you've answered it as comprehensively as you and your position can, because I know that your hands are tied in regard to decisions in terms of it. So, um, yes. 
Let's talk about another big thing that you know. Last time you were on the show was la- it was last year, and it, one of the things that it was late last year, I believe, and we were one of the things we were talking about was the fact that marijuana was about to become legal and how it was going to impact the state, how it was going to potentially impact the city. Uh, how has it impacted the city, if at all? Um, I I hear surprisingly little about this, which is funny because before marijuana was legalized, we heard a ton about it, about how it was either going to be a gigantic economic boom or that the world was going to go to hell in a handbasket because there were going to be a bunch of reefer addicts, like, you know, storming the gates. And I, I, I mean, it's really been kind of a whimper, honestly. Um, I mean, I've heard, I've read some stories in regard to revenue going up, um, and being collected, obviously, uh, you know the 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 invasion of the reefer addicts has not taken place, which is not surprising to me. I've um, out in public, people were you know people were uh, afraid of you, know, you, you can't go out in public without smelling pot. And honestly, I've smelled more pot on the Iowa side than I have on the Illinois side. Um, but you know that's that's been consistent too. I you know, uh, but anyway, how has it uh, impacted the city in any way, shape, or form? Uh, in uh, you know, vis-a-vis how it's impacted the state and and their coffers, right. and how much have you saved too? That's the other thing is is how much have you saved not having police busting people for pot? That was another thing that you know people didn't see. You know they didn't look that at that as much. I mean they looked at the tax revenue, but not as much the savings for you know you're taking police off of routine busts of people that are typically nonviolent offenders and putting them onto things that are a little bit more um, pressing. Right, right. Uh, it, it, there's several questions in there. Number one is it has not financially helped the city of Rock Island much at all at this point. City of Rock Island does not have a dispensary. That's where one of the biggest income parts would be for a specific city. And uh, Milan has got that, and they uh, are reaping the benefits of that. Um, and then the only other income that we would see is from the state uh, that they're, they're part of their sales tax that they collect comes back to areas uh, of, uh, of, of uh, low income or high crime uh, areas that you can use to try to curb that those issues. Mm-hmm. And so the, uh, I hate to say the city right now, but Martin Luther King Center, for example, has applied for some grants for that kind of money to work in that area. Uh, so we'll see some benefits that way if we're awarded those grants. Um, the uh, I think, and you're right, as far as the police arresting people and everything else, the city of Rock Island, even before this happened, Increase the amount of marijuana that you had in your possession to be actually be arrested. Right. Um, it was more we we did ticket, and so it was it more became a, a civil fine type of a situation. So we maybe lost that revenue versus the police department at arresting people. Um, so that maybe has happened. And actually, this I think the reason we've seen it kind of a haven't heard much about anything is I'll say unfortunately this COVID issue. Right, it's really put a hand. Uh, it, it, the press rise and if stories that are being printed are all affecting are all COVID related more than they are those type of things, and so that's why I don't think we've seen about as much about it. Also, they were going to be issuing um, seventy five new dispensary licenses in June of this year. Well, because of COVID, those got delayed. 
Mm-hmm. And I think there's only been like three or four in the state out of the 75 that have been issued. Um, the one for Rock Island County, there's only one at this point open in Rock Island County, and they have not announced that one yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on the, who they give that to, will be depend on what city in Rock Island County it goes to. Right. Um, so uh, that's why we just haven't we haven't seen much effect of it. We haven't seen, you know, like I say, a lot of smelling of it downtown or throughout the city, uh, arrests and that sort of thing. It's just been, uh, boy, almost like it never happened. Uh, now, interesting enough, and then once again to go down a different other rabbit holes, even if people did get have too much right now or anything else, because of COVID, they've laxed on some of those arrests. Because the county jail does it, the fewer people they have in there, the better. Right. Because of COVID issues. So they're issuing, once again, civil fines, everything else, more than arrests. Uh, not just for marijuana, but for a number of things. Right. Um, and so uh, trying to keep the population in the county courthouse uh, low um, so we don't have a, a COVID issue there. Um and that actually could end up being a po- that could be a positive development in regard to think to rethinking things in terms of nonviolent crime and also the expenditures to taxpayers in housing people in jails um, as opposed to just giving them a fine for something that uh, when you look at it in, in terms of perspective doesn't impact the society as negatively as perhaps some people would think. That's correct. That is correct. And so, uh, you know, maybe a forced trial of how it would look by look if we did make the changes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we didn't plan on doing a trial basis, but the COVID caused us to do this. And we look at how we do a lot of things. Um, And so uh, so you're correct. That could be a very positive thing financially and uh, and, and emotionally for a lot of people. Right. so, so that that could be a positive come out of it. Now let's talk negative too, but yes, but let's hope a positive. <laughs> let's let's stay optimistic, Mike. Jeez, okay. come on. All right. All right. <laughs> Speaking of optimism, let's look at some. Uh, what if any um, new retail development is in the city? What are you looking at in terms of different uh, segments of the city? I know Eleventh Street is always kind of, um, you know, a place where we're really looking to develop. Uh, how is that coming along? And also, another thing I want to touch upon is uh, people are always asking me about, man, why doesn't Rock Island? Ha-? And again, this isn't to denigrate or to put down any locally owned restaurants. So please, you know, don't email me and say, "What about the local places?" Because I, I love the local places. And of course, I always, you know, I'm a big sponsor of of places that I, that I love here that are distinct to our city. But that said, um, you know, there are a lot of options also as well in terms of chain places that aren't in the Quad Cities that would offer a destination location um, for people to come specifically to Rock Island, like a White Castle or a Trader Joe's, which there's a big push to get Trader Joe's here, <laughs> Cheesecake Factory, places like that which aren't in the Quad cities right now and if they were to open in rock island it would draw people from the other cities uh to to rock island specifically for that one place that they can't find anywhere else in the quad cities uh is there has there been any movement in regard to getting any places like that um 
in in Rock Island, and also just overarching, um, what's the state of any development at all in regard to 11th Street or any other spots in in the city? Well, we haven't given up on any of those spots or locations. Uh, we keep on pushing like what you're talking about, some of the national chains and uh, that sort of thing, Chick-fil-A, etc. Once again, the answer for most of those people is is you need an anchor. They take the spot on 11th Street, they're not going to come and, and plop down on a half acre or an acre lot and be a standalone. They want um, kind of a whole, the whole puzzle to be together. Right. Or most of it to be together to show up. So you put a grocery store there, uh, a large, like a, a larger a home, de- or a home Depot or a Menards or whatever it is, um, Walmart, then they'll, they'll locate there. They'll, they'll be there. I hate to see it in a heartbeat, but they look at it very seriously, uh, those type of places. But they really are always looking for these outlots of the places versus being a standalone you know, be the, the, they're the draw. Um, so that's where we, we get turned down, not turned down, saying, no, we won't ever be there. It's just they're saying, you get that, then come see us. Right. And so we need that anchor or several small or smaller operations for the anchor. You get that piece of the puzzle and the others fall together a little easier. And we just haven't been able to get that bigger piece. Uh, that's been the struggle. Not that we have we we haven't given up. I guarantee it. But then once again, and I hate to keep blaming COVID, but COVID didn't help things. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, so we're going to have a easily a six month setback here, so to speak. That most of those companies are not looking at anything right now. They maybe finished something they obligated before COVID, but are not. They're rethinking re- and relooking at anything in the future here. Um, there, you know, a lot of places were hurt financially, and so they just don't have that capital to to start growing again. No. Um, a lot of the big retailers are, you know, I'm trying to remember the one I talked to. Oh, it was uh, Planet Fitness. Uh, said that they had 11 here in the in the in the Midwest. They had 11 units planned, and they're taking it down to three. Mm-hmm. And so that's where a lot of companies are doing the same thing. Is well, we were going at this kind of clicking it off at this kind of rate of growth of new buildings and that sort of thing, and they're rethinking things now. So our our barriers have gotten a little taller here, and uh, it's going to take us a while to, to overcome that. We are at the same time rethinking 11th Street a little bit. We, we want retail there. We need retail. But can you put something else there that maybe draws retail around it? Mm-hmm. And I use the example of the uh, uh, TBK Bank Sports Complex. Yes. Okay. Yes, I, we I have talked about this the, before. Uh, Donald, uh, Donald, the Modern Woodman place. I draw it you know, to the tax layer. If you had some playing things like that, now they don't have to be as large as that, but something like that mm-hmm. that you could plot there. Then you work on the retail up and down the corridor from there. So that's an avenue that we're now trying to take a look at a little stronger instead of saying maybe that's what we should be doing to help draw the, some traffic and volume to then draw the retail because that's one thing they look at. So hopefully that makes sense. But to, um, So that's a, a, an avenue that we've – I can't say that we're just full bore going down that way, but we're now rethinking it. Boy, maybe we should be doing that. And that, not that the city should build it. That's the, that's the, the tough part is you still have to go find – 
that individual business uh, developer or whatever, uh, you know, you, you had. Uh, you know, a private individual working that paid for the uh, TBK bank deal. Right. You had a private, uh, some individuals that did uh, um, uh, the Bend and uh, the Rust Belt. You had, you know, so now if we're going to do that same thing there, we got to go find that person that's willing to invest the money there in Mullet Rock Island to do the same thing. Well, I think the geograph and this is something, I mean, as you well know, that I've long advocated for is getting something like that, not just for Rock Island, but for the west side of the Quad Cities is you've got those places, but they're all on the far east side of the Quad Cities. They're all in East Moline. They're all in Bettendorf. And that's 25 minutes to a half hour away, depending on traffic from Rock Island. If we had something that was more geographically advantageous, then we wouldn't draw in just Rock Island folks, but we would draw folks from the entire west end of the Quad Cities, all the cities surrounding, and possibly some of the, you know, you stretch out uh, onto the highway, some of the more western, you know, westernmost spots and cities around this area as well. That's right. But what you want to do is you don't want to duplicate what's already happened in the Quad Cities. Right. We don't need another tax layer. Right. We don't need another TBK Bank sports complex. So what what is the Quad Cities lacking or missing? Okay? So we don't duplicate we uh, we actually are more complementary to those type places. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I throw out as an example, and I'm not the most creative individual, but I throw out the idea of an Olympic-sized pool with with uh, uh, seating for for uh, uh, regional meets. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. In, there's no Olympic-sized pool in the Quad Cities. Closest one's Iowa City, and they're not set up for really regional meetings, meetings and everything else. But so is that, and it may be something totally different from that, but something like that uh, is what we got to be going down and thinking about that, those type of things. Right. Um, uh, that so I guess to answer your, your question a while back ago of economic development and those kind of things that are happening, uh, that's still a long-term process there. It's not going to happen overnight. We still real feel we need a grocery store in that area. It's a grocery desert. Yeah, haven't given up on that by any means. Um, it's just we haven't been able to find the right, or not find the right one. We haven't found any to to pop for that for that situation. Um, but that you know we've had some uh, good success in some other spotty areas, kind of infill type deal with economic development. But downtown is downtown, small independence, Eleventh Street. Hopefully something larger, a little more volume, chain type deals um, to draw the volume there. Those are two big emphasis areas mm-hmm. uh, that we have if, if we were to focus on anything. Um, after that, we've got you know little pieces of lands or buildings here and there that uh, we'd like to do some infilling with some type of businesses. Um, I, I, once again, hopefully that answers the question, but um, we, we do need some uh, business new businesses to come to town uh, to help uh, spread the uh, the expenses out across everybody uh two like on a, on a much smaller scale but i'm just kind of curious myself because i drive by these spots um what's going in um next to the dollar general there on 24th or uh, what are you looking at getting in the uh, next to the dollar general on 24th and also what's going to happen with that spago place 
Okay, it's not a general dollar. It's a general. Uh, it's a dollar tree. Okay, dollar tree. Dollar Dollar Tree is going in there where the old Rock Island Country Market was. Right. And that's what they. That's no longer that building. Um, that is now developing it. So he found Dollar Tree to go in there uh, in about a third of the size of the building, a third of the building. And he, at this point, has nobody identified for the other two thirds. Okay. And so that's once again, you know, I talk about those infill type places that we would hope to somebody to locate. Uh, that's one of them. Uh, so there's nothing been identified to go there yet, along with the Dollar Tree. Um, Have you looked at Starbucks at all? What's that? Has there been any outreach to Starbucks? Yes. Yes, we went with, uh, we talked to them several times. Uh, once again, <laughs> I, I mean, revert back to the COVID. We are real close with, uh, with them, uh, meeting with them, coming to town right before the COVID hit, and then they put all personal visits uh, on hold. Right. Uh, and so we're now, we've talked to them several times during the COVID, and they're, they're just now getting back out and looking at sites. But um, we have several sites identified that we feel would be advantageous for them. Um, once again, a brand new lot that's on a spot that's located now where the U where the Kmart used to be. Now it's U-Haul. Right. Uh, they just put an out lot uh, for sale there, so they're willing to sell part of their parking lot to put uh, something out there. Is is an example. Um, another one would be down there by uh, city limits, uh, Blackhawk College there on Eleventh Street. Uh, going into Milan, there's a nice uh, green space there that uh, would work well for them. Yeah. Um, so those are the type of things that we are continuing to market. We have reached out to Starbucks, along with some other even independent uh, coffee shops. Right, right. Um, I'd love to see Caribou, but I know they don't do that kind of stuff usually around here. Yeah, no. And, and like I said, I've seen a big push on Trader Joe's. Yeah, and I'd love to have it, uh, but they got one in Coralville, so I think that the chances at this point of priority of theirs is zero. You know, zero to very low. Yeah. Um, as much as the volume you would think that the Quad Cities would give them, um, uh, they just don't put them very close together. Yeah, I re- the reason I ask about Starbucks is that there's that big, there's a huge area where it's just kind of a desert where you've got a lot of co- you got a lot of great coffee shops downtown. You got Theo's, you got Awake, you got Roz Tux, Then you got Cool Beans up on Thirtieth on College Hill. But then you look at like um, the the far west side, the wet, the southwest side, and um, there's nothing. I mean, it's like you know, there's there's absolutely nothing. And and I you know up on the hill, uh, you've got to travel at least five ten minutes in any direction to go and you know get a get a cup of coffee other than of course the one you make at home <laughs> so but nevertheless i mean when you're where you're going to the work in morning in the morning and the other that's the other thing that's kind of a pain is that like okay say you're you're going into work you got a meeting whatever in the morning and you want to go through a drive-through and it's McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts, and nothing against McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts, but it's not the same kind of you know stuff that you'd get from a Caribou or a Starbucks or some or a, or a local place, or whether it's an Atomic or Cool Beans drive-through or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, locally here, Red Band does a great job. With oh their yeah, Friday I love Red Band. Um, you know, so you know to put one of that those down there, like I say, right there by uh, the bridges there, coming across from Milan, uh, by city limits and that sort of thing. That uh, you know, it'd be a great spot. Yes. Um, yes. Can we get a red band here? Can we get a red band in Rock Island? That would be fantastic. I, I, I agree with it. 
I agree, and we continue to work on those. Yeah. <laughs> they just re- they just opened a, another location on, in Davenport mm-hmm. uh, on I can't remember if it's Harrison or Brady or one of up in that area, some place uh, up on the hill. Um, so he just, yeah, it's up on Brady. I think we might. Yeah. So, uh, so you got to give those people patience. They want to try out their second location, get some, get the the, the expenses uh, behind them a little bit, and then move on to the next one. But. Uh, so we are continuing to keep our eyes open on those type of things and, and and reaching out to them the best we can. Well, I know the owner of Atomic, and I've tried to pester him into coming over here to this side, but he doesn't want to because of the Illinois taxes. So, See, that goes back to the first part of my conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I continue to try and pester him into moving someplace, someplace over here on the southwest side. Because I think we need that, and and obviously, you know, I throw a Starbucks out there because they're ubiquitous. But yeah, I would prefer to see. I mean, that'd be fantastic if we could get a Red Band because yeah. I mean, Red Band is just phenomenal. And it goes back to that for we are, one of the barriers we have is the Illinois just isn't business friendly enough uh, to attract people. Yeah. Well, one thing at a time. So, what have we not talked about? Um, that you think is important for us to talk about uh, or that, you know, you want people to know? You know, I think another one is uh, talking with some of these these, these racial issues going on mm-hmm. uh, throughout, the, not the Quad City, but throughout the United States. And letting people know that Rock Island is committed to continuing to work with the different organizations, whether it be the Resolution, whether it be uh, NAACP or whatever, whoever, you know, the other, uh, uh, there's several other groups uh, that we want to see some reform. Uh, we want to inform people of some things that they've asked for are already in place, but they just weren't aware of them. And we're working on communication and, and back and forth on those type of topics. Um, so uh, the city of Rock Island is committed to uh, continuing to make things better and, and resolve those issues. Uh, to uh, treat everybody equally and fair. And uh, we have uh, uh, worked on uh, in a collaboration with the Illinois Quad Cities, with Silvis, um, East Moline, Moline, and Rock Island, and uh, Milan are all working together on those issues. Um, we're doing some things independently as a city, but most of it is being done together, law in the county, because uh, we feel that, once again, is we what we feel that the borders shouldn't make a difference that one ordinance or you call a law is effective in, in one city and not in the other and so why not try to be consistent throughout all um and use that leverage mm-hmm. so uh, we are working together uh, all of us to uh, um understand the best we can uh the needs and, and, and thoughts and uh come into an agreeable uh, resolution to all of them. Um, so we'll see where it goes. But we, we've been at it for uh, 30 days or so now, or maybe 60 days. And um, 60 days, I guess, has been. And uh, we're, we're making progress. But it's a bit slow, but we're all making progress. And so, But I just want people to understand that City of Rock Island is committed to, uh, to uh, working with them and, and getting resolution to these things. Sounds great, Mike. And uh, that's so one of the things. We, the only thing we hadn't touched on that uh, has been happening, uh, at least in the that comes to mind. That's one of the things I've always loved about Rock Island is that I grew up in Chicago and then moved out here. And 
Uh, it's one of the reasons why I kind of settled in Rock Island of all the Quad Cities is because I felt it was the most diverse and the most like my upbringing in Chicago where it was like a city. There's a lot of great diversity and a lot of interesting uh, things here in the city. And uh, I, I do like the fact that the, that that you and, and the city of Rock Island are making uh, positive steps in that direction to recognize that diversity is a strength and it's something to be encouraged. Absolutely. You, you said it very well. And that's uh, I like that too. I've lived, been here all my life and that is one factor I, I enjoy uh, in City Rock Island specifically, but even the Quad Cities as a whole really does a pretty good job of working together Yeah, uh, with all those issues. Um, the only thing not to deviate from that, the only last thing in the course is everybody's COVID. And, uh, you know, I, I can't emphasize enough that we need to, if we're going to lick this thing, and beat it is that we got to work on social distancing we got to work on wearing masks Mm -hmm. washing our hands and being smart uh doesn't mean we got to be cooped up in our house but we got to be smart and uh we can go out to the restaurants we can go to the bars we can go do shopping and else just do it smartly right and uh and 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 we, we can we can kick this thing i agree and if we don't as a city and a county we can see ourselves go backwards and really hurting economically and job-wise, payroll, everything, a lot of different ways. And so we all need to be smart and take the path, patience, and, and work with it. Sounds good. Mike, all right. Th- all right. <laughs> Mike, thank you so much for being a guest on the show again. No problem. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening in. Uh, QC Uncut, uncut, uncensored, unedited conversation with local newsmakers. My guest today has been regular guest on the show, Mike Tomes, the mayor of Rock Island. And um, as always, we have a lot of interesting guests on the show and encourage you to tune in to QC Uncut with me, your host, Sean Leary. Thank you so much for listening today. And again, stay safe out there. have a great life. Have a great uh, have a great time, but also um, make sure you take appropriate precautions in terms of COVID, and make sure that you and your family stay safe and healthy. Thanks a lot. Have a great day.